Wale, that was awesome. Thank you. With the Wale and our own, very own Wale and Tabby special. So that was awesome. It was beautiful. That's hard to do, too, if you've ever tried to rap. I mean, like, <laughs> have a few times. Uh, that's awesome. So thank you very much. Okay, how's everyone doing? It's uh, a slim. We're all here together, aren't we? <laughs> but, uh, you know, this morning we had, uh, I don't know, it was about 45, 50 together. And uh, online, I understand we've had some technical issues online at 9 a.m. So I think we're actually live streaming this too. So all of you who are viewing, uh, thanks for sticking in there. And uh, welcome to church as well. Okay, what a beautiful service. I love that song, Waymaker. Oh my goodness. I've been singing that for like the last three weeks, I think since we played it last time. But I, I requested that song for this sermon because really we're going to talk today about faith. We're going to talk about having faith through the storms in life. And a lot of this is rooted in the identity of God. That is who God is, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. That is who you are. And so much of our faith is really reflection or revealing of what do we think really about God. So we're going to be studying Luke. If you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, uh, we're going to study about Jesus and the disciples uh, and his question, where is your faith, as they uh, wrestled through the storm. So uh, who likes a peaceful sunset? Maybe a sunrise and it's just peaceful and it's pretty, maybe on some water and it's calm, right? I mean, we all love that. And wouldn't that be great? If it was just a metaphor for all our lives, just peaceful, you know, uh, there's a, a song back in the day, Peaceful, e Easy Feeling, right? I could sing that one. Uh, I got a peaceful, who sang that, right? The Eagles, probably. Um, so anyways, but is that really a picture of how our lives go? No, right? Our life is stormy. There's storms that come. And uh, it's actually full of storms. And if we're going to be strong in Christ, we have to learn how to be strong through the storms. The storms, actually, when handled, which Wale's rap did a great job communicating that actually the storms, when handled with faith, are the very things that make us strong. Amen? So, having faith through the storms. That's our title. We're going to look at the ministry of Jesus, his discipling ministry. We've talked about the healing ministry, teaching, praying, and discipling ministry. What the discipling ministry is, is where he intentionally teaches, trains, corrects, and rebukes his followers with the purpose of sending them out and multiplying his, the blessings of his ministry. So in other words, it could be like a, a development ministry where he works with this smaller group of people to help them really believe, help them mature in their character. And so the thesis of our message today is Jesus develops our faith through life's storms by helping us be deeply rooted into him. So developing our faith through the storm by examining our root system, what are we rooted into in being more rooted into Him, okay? So, um, 
Today is uh, La Jackson, Chase's, and Connor. Well, Jackson, Chase, and Devin. Connor's going to stick around a little bit. But it's supposed to be their last Sunday here. So maybe, Jackson, this is a way for me to say, life's going to have some storms in it, but listen to this message. So closed circuit to Father, Son. I love you, and I'm going to miss you. And remember this as you face storms in your life. Maybe even the storm of not going to college next week, <laughs> uh, which might just happen. So anyway, uh, what I want to do actually is we're going to, our main text is going to be Luke 8, 22 through 25, but this is really uh, Jesus discipling their heart of something he already taught them, okay? But how storms of life, and so Jesus taught them about faith, but he had to walk through with them. But in Luke chapter um, in Luke chapter 8, verse 13, the parable of the soils, incredible teaching, and we know this pretty well. Four soils, uh, seed falling on the path, the rocky soil, the soil with thorns, and then the fruitful soil. And I always kind of felt like, didn't you, like, man, I got like a 25% chance of making it. <laughs> I hope I'm not one of the three soils, the hard soil, the uh, uh, rocky soil, uh, but I really don't think that's what that means. What we see here is almost more of a progression of faith. How many times have we in our lives been just hard-hearted, just don't care much about God, moving on, but then, but then God sticks with us, and then we become the, the second soil. And this is where the disciples are at. They're really at the second soil in their own faith development. It says, uh, as he communicates the meaning, he says, those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root root. They believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. Now, a few words need explaining. Temptation just doesn't mean sinful temptation. It can mean testing. So in a time of testing and fall away just doesn't mean I don't want nothing to do with God. Fall away, another translation of that is they stop believing. So in a time of testing, we can quickly stop believing. Do you see how that works? Um, and what God does with us there is He doesn't just forget you, soil, I'm throwing you out. No, He works with it. He helps us examine our faith in our root system and helps us more mature. Okay? The reason, though, what they say is why they stop believing is because they've got a root issue. It's a root issue. The root system is overcome by the storms. We've all seen these trees uh, that have been toppled by the wind, and it's on one hand, it's impressive to see the root system because we usually, do, the root system is not something that's above the surface, so we don't usually see it. So much like our spiritual lives, so much is about what's going on internally in our minds and our souls underneath the surface, right? Um, but the storms come and it's a chance to uh, see the root system. Now, what an incredible root system, right? Um, you got hundreds and hundreds of, of sending the roots out. But the bottom line is that the strength of the storm was greater than the strength of the roots. If that happens, uh, we stumble in our faith. So what that, with that teaching in mind, let's watch how Jesus works with the disciples as they literally uh, live out this lesson. Because this is what we find with Jesus. This is why we got to have discipling in our church. It can't just be teaching. Faith is something that's more caught than taught. So if all you are getting is a Sunday sermon or whatever, 
That's not good enough. You got to have relationship. You got to be in each other's lives. You got to be working with, here's what I'm processing. Help me with that. Bounce this off and we can help one another. That's why our discipleship partner times are so important. Amen. Uh, we can't just come to church and not be engaged in this community of faith. That's what that's what uh, develops our root systems, okay? So let's, let's, this is what Jesus does. He just doesn't teach them and then leave them. He teaches them and squeezes them, okay? In uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 22, he says, Now in one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. And he said to them, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. But as they were sailing along, he fell asleep in a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake, and they began to be swamped and to be in danger. They came to Jesus and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped, and it became calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Boy, one, one night on the lake with Jesus, and so much is learned about faith. Okay, so we find this miracle actually in the context of four miracles. The, um, and we're not going to take the time to, to go through all four. I really wrestled with let's just try to tackle all four. But we're just going to focus on the storm. But really, the storm, the physical storm, is a picture of the storm that the de demoniac is facing with, the, with evil, with his sinful nature and his attempts to repent on his own strength. The storm of the bleeding woman, all that she's dealing with, the isolation, the shame. The storm of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and his daughter dying. Okay, All of these people are dealing with storms in their life. And we see before Jesus... Take a, go ahead and take a picture of this if you want to study these things out because tables are actually a cool way to study out and draw out the message that the author intends. But here clearly we see the author Luke intending to uh, show how Jesus is building their faith through the storms. We see um, before Jesus all these things and then after Jesus, okay? This is why I follow Jesus right here. I want to be the after Jesus in the after Jesus party, right there, okay? Not the before, this is the world. This is why the world is without hope and lost. Because everyone's freaking out, uh, there's isolation, there's runaway sin, it's overcome and I don't have the solutions or answers to sin. I'm suffering emotionally, I'm isolated, I have mental health issues, there's death all around and there's no hope to death. So how am I gonna process death? I'm desperate and I'm losing hope. This is the state of the world. You want this? You want this party? Then just go ahead to the world. Go ahead. That's what the world offers. And if you think it offers something different, then show me how it's different. Because there's a self-help book section 18 miles long, and yet it's just getting worse and worse. Okay? So that's the world. I want to follow Jesus. Can I get a witness from the... 15 people in the congregation here today. Uh, I want to follow Jesus. I want some calm going on. I want to be freed from the power of sin. I want a renewed mind by the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want complete healing. On this, in this age and in the age to come, it's completed and it's finished, right? I want peace. I want community. I want love. 
I want my daughter to live uh, eternally, right? Uh, I want to be in awe and astonished of God. This is what Jesus does. Amen? This is the presence of Jesus. This is what reading the Bible does. The living God, word, living word, the word of God, living and active, okay? This is it. We got it going on, guys. Let the world have their whatever for a little while. This is where the true treasure lies, right here. Amen? You with me? Come on, I'm fired up about being a Christian today. There's power over circumstances, right? That's what the storm teaches. Evil, suffering, death, power through the word, power through the promises of God, power through the identity of God, power in the, in the light. I guess I could, she's supposed to be looking here. Power through prayer, setbacks. Okay, there's lessons of faith there. So good. And then our root system. What are we rooted into? Okay? Um, the identity of God, the sovereignty of God, the word of God, all these beautiful, amazing things. See how these storms, do I want to focus on the storm because it's been a year of crazy circumstances. Anyone predicted what was going on? COVID, socially, unrest, politically, oh my goodness, right? Um, it's just, it's a circumstance. Going to school, going not to school, kids going to school, fall sports, you know, it just, it just never ends. Who knows what tomorrow may bring, right? Maybe God is testing us. Maybe he's saying, really, you want to root yourself into all the control you think you have? Okay, let me throw 2020 at you. Now how you doing? Maybe you need me now? Thank you. You needed me before too, but now you just see it. Okay? Circumstances out of control and our ability to control them is completely ridiculous. Um, okay, so all right, let me get back to my notes. Uh, so we find this miracle in the context of these four... Um, okay, so, all right, let me get back to my notes. Uh, so we find this miracle fishermen. They're not just like, uh, no, the danger was real to them. It was dark. There's a fierce wind. The boat's filling up with water. They weren't just making it up. Uh, it was out of control. The human called him master. It's interesting. What really did they think he was master over? Either they didn't really believe he was master over creation, or they did and they just didn't, they didn't, they, they knew it but they didn't believe it. I think they probably called him master because they, they thought he's kind of a master of our little group here. Really, really was just the master of that little group? No way, he's the master over creation. In their mind, he was the master. was the master group but certainly not the master of creation jesus is lord and get baptized into christ we've all confessed that but really do we really believe that jesus is lord of covid do we really believe that jesus is lord of politics bible says he is do we really believe that jesus is lord of when the school opens or what school we go to or of social unrest or of justice and equality that's you know Needs to happen. Do we really believe Jesus is Lord of our money? Or do we control where that thing goes? Out of our wisdom. How about our children? You know, some of us, we're dealing with our kids going off to college. First time I've ever dealt with that. There's new levels of, I hope he's okay. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, there's so many things that I can't do now that I'm going to be dealing with. Like, mm, and, and my wife's even worse, right? Um, is Jesus Lord or not? Schedule, relationships, future, marital status, 
etc., etc. We say Jesus is Lord, but in the storms reveal what we, He's really lowered over in our souls. But as it's revealed, don't beat yourself up. Just examine your root system. Okay, and then they say, don't you, Mark 5, don't you care? Okay, so this reveals their idolatry of control. And what I, it all, another, uh, the idolatry of ease. They just wanted the peaceful little boat tour, just like you and I do, right? That's all they wanted. But their desire became a demand because it was an idol. This is what our idols do. It reveals our desires become demands and then judgments. So here they are as a human judging the Son of God whether he cares or not. Wouldn't you be tempted to be defensive if you were Jesus? Don't you care? Really? Like, okay, dude, I came from heaven uh, down to this sorry place <laughs> full of sin so uh, because I care. All right? And by the way, be still. You know, he shuts the storm up. And he's like, now, now you think I care? Like... But no, he, he didn't need human's approval, okay? So he didn't get defensive. He just rebuked the wind of waves, be still, and they were completely calm. So a few things that this reveals. Number one, the identity of God. The identity of God is bigger than they realized. Guys, I've had breakthroughs over 28 years of walking with faith, and the biggest common denominator is who God is. He is my father. He loves me as his son. He is my brother. He is my king. He is my Lord. The Spirit is my comforter. The Spirit is my counselor. Uh, um, the Word of God is bigger. It's right. It's truer. Uh, it, it, when people are big, God is small. But when God becomes bigger, what goes on circumstantially, it just doesn't really matter as much as I thought it did. Um, the power of God. So... One of the them as an example, the power of God. See, this revealed the power of God. Who was stronger? So my kids are teenagers, and they're at this stage where they just are constantly challenging dad. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, um, Jordan likes to play tennis. So we went to play tennis the other day, and as we're going, she starts talking trash. She's like, you know, you're going to get beat today. I'm like, um, no, I don't actually. Oh, she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting lessons. I'm getting training. She's talking. I'm like, well, how about we put a, how about we put a little uh, Dunkin' Donuts on it? Oh, yeah, I got you. You know, you might as well transfer that money. I mean, she's just going on and on. She's getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, um, you know, when we play sports in our family, we like to keep score. It's just, it's just, we just love competition. We get closer through it. And so we kept score. You want to hear the score of the first set? Six zip. And then one Jordan. <laughs> and then Jordan goes, oh, that was just a warm up. I'm like, fine. And she's you know, just her mother is, you know, in competition. And uh, so in the next set, she won some more games. A few. Anyways, come on, Dad, let's go. You know, I can take you, and I'm just... Have you guys ever heard of old man strength? Yeah. Yeah. I just, and I just, it's the constant message to the, the kids. It's like, guys, someday, someday you'll beat me. Not today. <laughs> Who's more powerful, the wind and the waves or Jesus? 
Jesus is more powerful than any wind and wave of political unrest, social unrest, uh, uh, workplace unrest, neighborhood unrest, relationship unrest. Jesus is bigger. He's more powerful. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The power of God is revealed. The sovereignty of God is revealed. God, Jesus is more in control than they thought he was. Right? Sovereignty of God. We don't have time to get into the, all of this theology but the sovereignty of God basically believes, the Bible teaches that God either allows or wills things to happen in this world. He is the math, He's the creator of all things. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. So then you have to deal with suffering. Well, what about suffering? And why does that? And that's a, start, that's a strong wrestle, but there are answers to the problem of suffering. Okay? But God is in control. Listen, I, I'm all for caring about politics. I think we should educate ourselves. I think we should be good citizens. I think all that's fine. But listen, if you, your hope is in who gets elected, you're going to have a miserable fall. You know, why don't we just let God be sovereign? Amen? You, you figure it out. You cast your vote. But when you start all talking all smack and you're just alienated, you think you got the right one and everyone else is wrong. And how dare they possibly think that that person could be with Listen, you have lost perspective. God is in control. God is the king of kings. Jesus is, is in charge of the nations. And I do probably think even if the person that you don't like gets elected, the earth probably still will spin. Are you with me? Now, again, I'm all for getting into it. I think it is important, but it's not more important than your walk with God. And it's not more important than the kingdom of God. And let's get those things on straight. And then maybe we can enter into that conversation with an ability to actually become closer when we disagree than divided. Amen? Okay. The sovereignty of God in the word of God. Be still. Two words that Jesus said. Be still. Still, complete calm. That reveals that Jesus' word is two things, creative and authoritative. Jesus and the Father and the Spirit created everything we see, including ourselves, with a word. Let there be light, and there was light. Are you with me there? Creative and authoritative. The Word of God today, right here, will bring life to your soul, and it's the authority for you to obey, okay? Not for you to discuss, not for you to think about, though discussion and thinking is good. Bottom line, you're either obeying it or you're disobeying it, okay? You want these things? You want these things right here? Go ahead and go, ahead and go your own way. Let's see how that works. You want these things? Just do what he says. <laughs> Amen. So we're trained. We want things to go well. Just do what I say. Because much to your disagreement, I am the boss. And I'm the boss of you. So just if you do what I say, you're going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. Mama going to be It's not fun. Do you want to do that? No, you don't want to do that, do you? How about we just obey? How much time does God spend in heaven just like, oh, if you would just love your neighbors. Oh, just love them. Just love them, please. Oh, if you would just stop looking at porn. Just stop. It's not making you happy. It's making it worse. You can stop. 
Oh, if you would just be kind and say only what's helpful for building others up. Right, right, just, just, do you think everything is just like pulling his hair out, but he doesn't have hair because he's spirit, but uh, just please obey. Weeping at times, probably. Just obey, just do what I say. Okay? Um, so, all right, I got to get back on track. Where is your faith? So then he's like, where, he turns to the disciples, like, guys, gals, probably women too in the boat, because Luke chapter 8 says that there are a number of women who are ministering uh, to Jesus. And so this is a, it's like, gang, let's talk about this a little bit. What, what happened? And the ultimate, where's your faith? Where's your faith? I don't think he's frustrated with them. Just like with Peter when he, Lord save me, and he was doubting, he was thinking. Remember what he asked Peter? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Let's think about that. Let's talk about that. Because now we're going to see what your rooted, your root system is channeled into. Um, during the time of testing, our faith, when our faith struggles, it's, we're not a failure, but we need to examine our faith. Why has your faith not shown itself in these circumstances? What is it about the nature of your faith that this circumstance reveals incomplete? What is it about your faith's root system that the circumstance reveals needs strength? The difference between good golfers and bad golfers, and one of the differences was a good golfer knows, says they know their misses. So when they miss, they're gonna, they know about probably how they're going to miss it. A bad golfer just doesn't know their miss. And I think as they hit me, he's like, you know what, that's a difference between a mature Christian and an immature Christian. Mature Christian still misses, they still struggle, they still stumble, but they know, hmm, I see what's going on here. I've been here before, I've learned this before, I need to channel these roots into, again, the Word of God, because I've slipped a little bit. I need to channel my mind toward these truths instead of these lies that Satan tells me. Do you guys know it? Uh, do we know our doubts? Do we know our beliefs? Okay, uh, let's, let's finish up with a few practicals. How to believe through life's storms, okay? Number one, strengthen your root system. Bible study, prayer, Sabbath rest, solitude, retreats. When's the last time you've been on a good retreat? A good time of silence and solitude. These are way makers. These are, the, these are things that make way for Jesus to come in. They're not the point in and of themselves. Roots out by the stream. You are sending your roots somewhere. My plea would be send it to the scriptures. Send it to uh, um, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, strengthen your root system regularly, consistently, rhythmically. Okay? Uh, secondly, trust God's identity and your identity in Him. Uh, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, that is who you are. He's Lord. He's sovereign. Um, he's gracious. He's merciful. This is who I am. This is Jordan's Psalm, Psalm 103 that she read. It's all about this, the psalmist reminding who God is and his strength being, faith being strengthened. If God is for me, then who can be against me? So then who you are, your identity in Christ, no condemnation, forgiven, set free, uh, empowered, trust that identity. Thirdly, come fully into the light. Uh, we didn't get into tense, but the, the demoniac, the bleeding woman, 
uh, even Jairus, there's a coming into the light, coming out of isolation and coming into Jesus. If you're hiding things, if, you're, if there's a lack of transparency, you're not going to find the healing, the touch of God, the community. That all happens in the light. 1 John chapter 1. Number four, ask persistently ask, but then surrender your circumstances and timing. What are your wishes for the school year? What are your wishes for, you know, the rest of time? Ask God. Desire, that's fine. Ask God, but then surrender to God your circumstances. God does know best, and He knows what's best and when it's best. He's outside of time, so He knows. We are not. We're limited. All we see is what's here. So, Surrender. God knows what and when is better, best for you. The victory is not in your circumstances coming true the way you want them. The victory is letting go and experiencing the calm in the meantime. Amen? And then we can rejoice regardless of our circumstances. And the last one is take the next obedient step. What's the next obedient step? There is obedience to be taken. There is a call for us to do something. What is it? Maybe it's a repentance. Maybe it's getting baptized. Maybe it's studying the Bible. Maybe, maybe, you don't, maybe it's getting open. Maybe it's coming to the light. Maybe it's apologizing for something. Maybe it's confronting a boss or a coworker. I don't know. That's you to figure out with the Holy Spirit. Amen? But whatever it is, take that next step of faith, and God will bless. Amen? So as we prepare for communion, I want us to think, what are, what are our personal storms? You got any? Your opportunity, this is an opportunity to examine your root system. Choose to believe. Amen? Choose to believe. Uh, what are the collective storms we're facing? Let's stop freaking out like the disciples did. Let's develop this root system. Let's choose to believe. 2020 doesn't have to be the year from hell, okay? It can be a year of opportunity, a year of storms where we step up as a family of believers, and we're a light because we choose to believe that God is sovereign and enjoy the complete calm regardless of our circumstances. That's a beautiful place. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray for communion. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you for this time of communion. Thank you for Jesus. Father, thank you that he can calm the storms. Uh, even if it doesn't feel calm or look calm to us, we can know that He is Master, He is Lord, He's in control, and He will allow or will certain things that are best. Father, thank You that You are God and we are not. Thank You that we can rest in You, surrender to You. Um, help us to learn how to channel our roots to You during the storm. So as that, not, not if, but when they come, we can shine like a, a light to the dark world that just has to lose hope or is losing hope. Father, thank you for this time to, to think about Jesus. Help us to quiet our minds and our souls into love and be thankful and appreciate who he is, that he died on the cross, he was buried, but was raised through your power, and he lives today, and that we proclaim him until he returns. We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.